Welcome to the Joey Miller Podcast. I'm Pastor Joey Miller from Champion Christian Center, and I am so happy that you tuned in with us today. We have so much to talk about out of God's Word, and you are going to be blessed. But let me just remind you, before we jump in, don't forget to check out joeymiller.co for all sorts of resources, from merch to Bible studies to podcast notes to blogs. You will be blessed, so check it out today. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. If you're enjoying it and you want to share it with a friend, a great way to let us know is to like it, to share it, and to subscribe. So make sure you do that as well. Well, let's get into the Word together. A sermon entitled, I Understood the assignment. I understood the assignment. And if you are a younger generation, you know that is a trending phrase right now that actually uh, it means that I gave my all, I gave my 110%. And I had to laugh because this past Christmas we have several teenagers in our house and I was asking them for uh, for Christmas list. I wanted my assignment. I'm like, I don't know what to get you all, and I'm not giving you money, so uh, what do you want? And so finally, I had them just fill a cart of their favorite stores, clothing stores, and so Christmas morning came, and, and they were unwrapping, and they're like, Mom, I love this. How did you know I wanted this? And, and I was just kind of giving myself a pat on the back, thinking I understood the assignment. I understood the assignment, that, that they told me what I wanted. I fulfilled the assignment, and everybody was happy. And, and today we're going to talk about the assignment that God has upon our lives and how important it is that we understand the assignment uh, that he has for us. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. I want to read a parable to you out of verse 14. It says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he had two talents, made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And also those who had two, the one who had two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered me two talents here, and I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But the master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested the money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was mine with some interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given and to those who will be given in abundance. But from the one who has not, uh, even what he has will be taken from him. And cast this worthless servant into the outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow, that is a harsh punishment uh, by the master here. But I want to talk to you for a minute about the importance 
of the assignment. This, this parable talks about uh, servants who have been given talents, or we can even liken it to giftings uh, from the master. And they had a responsibility with this gifting. They had a responsibility to multiply that which God had given them. And I think about that in the realm of our lives, that God has created each one of us with certain giftings, with certain talents, with a certain purpose here on earth. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter if your parents had you on accident. It doesn't matter if your life hasn't been ideal up until this point. God has a specific purpose for your life. He doesn't cause adversity in your life. He doesn't cause you to, to have to face hardships. But, but even if you face hardships, the Bible says he'll turn it around and use it to accomplish the purpose of God in your life. So when you understand that, you understand the, the verse in Jeremiah where it says he knit you together in your mother's womb. That he saw every one of your days before even one of them came to pass. That means that God is very intentional when he created you to fulfill the purpose that he also had for you. It's not a mismatch. That crazy look and nose you have is for a purpose. That, that strange personality that you have is for a purpose that God wants to use in your life. I like to say it like this. God created you on purpose for a purpose. That there was something very intentional in mind that God had. And part of that was the divine assignment that he has upon your life. That there is something in planet earth that only you can fulfill. That there's an assignment that is, has your name on it. I love the parable that we just read because it says that God gave uh, each one of them a talent according to their gifting, according to their ability uh, to what they could do. That means whatever God has assigned me to, it's unique for me. So the Bible talks about in Romans 14 that one day we'll give an account for that assignment, that we'll stand before God and we'll tell him how we've, how we've stewarded the gift of life that he's given us. I've heard it said like this, your uh, life is a gift from God to you and how you use that life is your gift back to God. And so one day we'll stand before him and, and we won't have an excuse. Uh, we'll have to give an account as, as we saw in the parable of how we stewarded that which he had given us. And God doesn't measure uh, what he's called me to against what he's called you to. If you remember the parable, it says the one who had five doubled his five. The one who had two doubled his two. And it was equally uh, completing the assignment as the master had directed because it was unique to their assignment. When I stand before God and give an account of my life, he's not going to say, Joey, why did you not win uh, millions in Africa uh, to the gospel message like Reinhard Bonnke? Well, because uh, that's not what I was called to. That's not the divine assignment upon my life. So God won't measure me to that, but he will say, Joey, what are you doing with the gifts and the callings and the things that I have given you to do? What did you do with those things? Did you multiply those things? Did you use them for my glory and for the kingdom? Because God always has a kingdom purpose attached to your life. You might say, you know, my assignment's not significant. Uh, uh, you know, you might look at other people and, and you might compare your assignment to them and thinking I'm not doing as much. Uh, don't, don't look at that. Say, God, what is it that you've destined me for? I want to fulfill that assignment. Jesus himself in John 17, 4, he says this, I glorified you on earth by completing down to the last detail that which you have assigned me to do. God is very detailed in his assignment for your life. That means that even if the late Reinhard Bonnke were still alive, there are people in your community, in your neighborhood, at your job, that he wouldn't be reaching that you were called to reach. 
that your life is called uh, to affect for the kingdom of God. So when you understand the responsibility that you have, you say, I want to understand the assignment, Lord. I don't want to miss it. I want to give it my all, my 110% to to really fulfill that. Because, you know, as as Christians, we have, uh, you know, great obedience. We we obey the word of God, right? We don't don't lie. We don't cheat. We we serve God. We have a relationship with him. But then there's smaller levels of obedience that he calls us to. So we come to know the Lord, and really that's not the the end line. That's just the starting line of our assignment and the purpose that we have while we're here on planet Earth. Amen? So we're going to talk a little bit about understanding the assignment and walking in God's best for you in 2022. We've been declaring this is a year of breakthrough. This is our best year yet. But it doesn't happen accidentally that we have a responsibility to play in this, just like the parable. They were responsible for that which God had given them. And so many times we live life like, oh, if it's going to happen, it's just going to happen. No, you have a responsibility to God to say, God, what is my assignment? And then start to fulfill that responsibility. Amen? Amen. Point number one is this, that if we're going to understand the assignment, we have to first discover our purpose, discover the gifting that God has upon our lives. And it's important to realize nobody is going to do this for you. Nobody is going to do this for you. This is your responsibility. In fact, even when you give an account to God, like we talked about, that's me and God. I can't stand up there with my husband and my five kids and say, you know, I was just too busy. I'm sorry, God, like it's their fault. No, it's me and God in that moment giving an account for my life. So it's your responsibility to discover what that is. Proverbs 20:25 says this, The purpose in a man's heart is deep waters, but a man of deep understanding will draw it out. So God created you, and he put that destiny, that seed of purpose inside of you, and now it's your responsibility with him to start to draw it out, to discover it, to develop it, to say, God, what is it that you have for my life? And that comes from getting alone with God. That comes from what you did in these past 21 days, saying, God, What is it? You're the creator. You're the master who created me. Show me what my purpose is. Show me what my gift and my assignment is to do so that I can fulfill it down to the last detail. Really start to to get alone with God and perceive. That word perception, that, that means to have an understanding of what God is going to do in our lives. To, to really get alone with the spirit and allow him to plant those things into us. To get a divine picture of what he has for our lives. Because if we're not careful, we can go through life on autopilot. We can go through life like the walking dead. Just nine to five, nine to five, just doing our thing. You've met those people in the grocery store. Oh, just another day. So glad to, you know. And, and, and really missing our divine assignment. We can go through life half asleep half asleep to the things and the destinies that God have upon our lives. And so today I would challenge you to wake up. Wake up and discover the reason that God has created you. Wake up and discover uh, that which your your life is called to and start to, to get a vision for it. Get a picture for your life. Get a picture of what that looks like. In Jeremiah 1, 11, God asked Jeremiah a question. And it's not like God was needing the answer from Jeremiah. He wasn't like, what's going to happen next, Jeremiah? You know, like he was so excited. And he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he asked us that very same question over your life. What is it that you see? What is it that you envision? What is that 
deep thing in you, that purpose that's deep inside of you that Proverbs 20 said that you kind of have some inclinations about. What do you see, Jeremiah? And Jeremiah answers the Lord. See, Jeremiah is not looking through his natural eyes. He's not looking through his inabilities. He's not looking through what can and cannot happen in the natural. Jeremiah is seeing with eyes of faith. And he's listening to the Spirit, and he answers God and tells, tells God what he sees. And, and God says this to Jeremiah in verse 12. He said, you have seen correctly. He said, now, now I'm going to carefully, uh, the Amplified says, actively watch over that which you have seen, my word, to see it come to pass in your life. See, your, your ability to perceive is giving God something to work with. Yeah. Giving, if you can't see it, God's not going to do it. If it's too big for you to imagine, it's too big for, for you to receive it into your life. It all starts with perceiving so you can receive it by faith. So that you can say, yeah, you know what? I can't see myself doing that. Yeah, that, that is something that I feel like God is calling me to do. The power of perception. Give God something to work with. Be able to get that vision laid out before you. What does that look like in your life? You know, so many times God is trying to speak to us and, and we're putting boundary lines on what he wants to do in and through our lives. You know, we've been declaring this is the year of the exceeding and abundant breakthroughs in our life, more than we could ever think. God wants to do, what does it say? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived that which God wants to do. But, but then it goes on to say, but he reveals it to those who love and serve him, that he wants to reveal it to us what he wants to do so that we can have faith to obtain it. And, and so a lot of times, though, we put God in the, in, the, in the box of, well, that could never happen. That could never happen. I can't even have vision for that because if you only knew what my bank account looked like or uh, if you knew my husband or, you know, if you knew my kids, you would understand why that could never happen, God. And he's saying, no, get on my page of perception, of envisioning, of believing me for things, dreaming about what I want to do in and through your life. See, in Genesis 13, God established a promise with Abraham. And he was kind of telling him his plan. He was wanting Abraham to see, to perceive, to take hold of the promise that he had. And he, he was telling Abraham he was going to give him a son and, and that he was going to give him an, an, a, a, an inheritance and, and he was going to uh, multiply and establish. And, and, and whenever Abraham got that uh, promise, he was actually, his wife was barren and he didn't have any kids. So he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I could see one kid probably. You know, he's in the tent having this conversation with God. And God's like, no, Abraham, you're not understanding the vastness of the vision I have for your life. You're not understanding the magnitude of your assignment. You're not understanding how big this thing is. So come outside of the tent, Abraham, and I want you to see the number of stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Now do you understand? And that's what God is saying to us this year. Do you perceive what I want to do? Are you putting limits on me? Are you letting your vision for, for what I have for you be limited by natural circumstances and natural factors? Or are you saying, God, I, I'm willing to say, you know what, I'm willing to, to trust you for some big things this year. I'm willing to understand that, that your vision for my life is it's greater than I could ever imagine. And I'm perceiving that. And I'm receiving that. And, and I'm giving you something to work for in faith. See, that's what perception is. It's saying, God, I'm believing you for this. And, and you're wrapping your faith around that which you believe that God wants to do in your life. 
in your life. And you might say, well, how do I know? How do I know what God wants to do? How do I know what my gifting and my purpose is? How do I understand my assignment so I don't mess it up? I believe that all of us want to accomplish great things for God. All of us want to stand before God and say, I have, I have done everything that you've asked me to do. And we want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. We want to hear those things. But, but a lot of times we torment ourselves or we stress ourselves out saying, what is the purpose that God has for my life? You know, a lot of times God works with our desires. Here's a strange, uh, a, a strange fact for you. God's not actually trying to hide your purpose from you. It's not some sick game that he's like, guess which, guess which hand is your purpose, you know, or, or, you know, that was a good one, but no, that's not it. No, God actually wants to reveal it to you. So many times we think that when we come to know Christ, that he's going to make us do something that's just going to torture us for the rest of our lives, right? Like, you know, uh, you're going to become a nun and not get married or whatever that looks like. You think you're going to have to suffer for Jesus all of your life. And that's just not so. Remember, God created you on purpose for a purpose. So it makes sense. It, it fits naturally. That doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. There might be some stretching involved, some growing involved, some battles to get to that place. But you're going to find joy in it. In fact, the Bible says this in Psalm 37, 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That God actually works through your desires. That means when you're processing, God, what is my purpose? What is my calling? What is my gifting? What's my assignment? If you're serving God, you could take it through the filter of your desires. What is it I like to do? What am I naturally good at? All of these things, a lot of times God will plant that seed of desire in you to compel you in faith to go after that thing, to go after it, and to obtain it by faith. I tell this story a lot. I had a desire to move to a farmhouse. I don't know why. I'd watch Fixer Upper and actually like start crying. I'm like, that's my desire. Lord, take this from me. And, 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 um, and I didn't know why. I'm like, this is so dumb. And, and so, you know, I, I, finally I came to the point where, God, I, I'm just laying this at your feet. And, and God gave us the desire of my heart. He compelled us through desire to sell a perfectly good, newly constructed house and move to a place that had no heat, no air, uh, no uh, self-service. Our kids thought we were turning Amish again. And, and, but, but it's become such a place of refuge and peace. And God used my desire because I was filtered through him. I was laying it down before him. God works through your desires if you're serving him. Delight yourself in the Lord. The, the original translation actually says that that word desire means from the Father. From the Father. He actually puts it in your heart to compel you and move you to move out in faith to obtain that which he wants you to have and walk in. He's not trying to hide it from you. He's trying to get it to you. He's trying to reveal it to you. And so when you start to understand that, you can have a little bit more ease upon yourself. You can say, okay, you know, uh, there's a reason I like to bake. There's a reason I like to work with kids. There's a reason in my life for these things. And so there's some questions that you can actually ask yourself to say, is this desire something that, that is according to my purpose? Because your passions will most always lead you, when they're filtered through the Lord, to the purpose that God has for your life. When you're passionate about something, it's a great revealer that has something to do with your God destiny in your life. So here's a couple questions you can ask yourself. What is it that you dream about? What makes your heart sing? When you're sitting at your computer all day, working numbers, what is it you're actually wishing that you could do? If you could plan your life just the way you wanted it, what would it look like? 
What are you dreaming about when you go to bed and you lay your head on the pillow at night? First thing in the morning when you get up, what are you thinking about? That's part of your passion leading to your purpose. Another is what is it that breaks your heart? A lot of times frustration is a catalyst towards your purpose. So what is that thing that just upsets you so much that you feel compelled to action about it? What is that passion in your life? Maybe you have a huge passion for sex trafficking and girls getting sold into sex slavery. Maybe that just angers you so much that you just feel like you have to do something about it. Passion pointing towards purpose. What is it uh, in your life that, that brings you joy, that makes you happy, that makes your heart uh, so glad and filled up? Those things that rejuvenate you, those things that give you life. What are those things? Passion leads towards purpose. This past year, I started mentoring ladies, and I have a couple groups of ladies, uh, uh, some ladies within the, the body of Christ, and then others that are in pastoral and ministry leadership. And so I started mentoring these ladies And it takes a lot, like hourly per week. Some days it'll be like two days of just coaching calls and phone calls and and talking nonstop. And uh, I'll come out of my office and I'll physically be drained. I'll be like, I don't want to talk to anyone for like a couple hours. I just need a minute. And and my husband will say, you look so rejuvenated. Like you look excited. And like even though I might be tired, like there's just, I'm like bubbling out just with excitement because it filled my tank. It's my purpose, and I'm passionate about those things. And so those are some indicators that God wants to reveal to you so that you can actually start to walk in those things. You don't have to, you don't have to wander. You don't have to continue to say, what is my purpose? And, and you be like James says, the double-minded man not, not moving forward in anything. No, you could be super clear about the purposes that God has upon your life according to the desires that he's put in your heart if you're serving him. A lot of times, though, we don't take the time to ask ourselves those questions. We're so busy. We just go about life doing uh, whatever we're going to do, and we don't step back. And then before we know it, you know, we're 80, and we're like, man, there's so many things that I wish I would have done when I was younger, so many things that I wish I would have accomplished, so many assignments that I I still want to, to fulfill in my life. Take the time and discover the things in your life, the passions that God has, because the clearer you can get on your purpose the quicker God can accomplish things in your life. The more focused you can remain upon that which you believe God has called you to, the more progress that you can make. The more clear you are, you can put a target around your faith and obtain through faith everything that he has called you to. So it all starts with getting super clear and defining what is that purpose. He wants to reveal it to you. Expectation of what God is going to do, expecting, seeing it, seeing that vision. What does the Bible say? My people perish for lack of vision. If you can't see it, you can't accomplish it. Getting that vision and then through expectation, expecting God to move. So many times in my life, I wasn't expecting God for anything. I didn't have a vision for it. How many opportunities did I miss? How many miracles that God did that I actually missed because I wasn't expecting him to move in that situation? Expectation always equals faith, and it all starts with your ability to perceive, ability to perceive. There's so many things that block our perceivers, though. Sometimes it's doubt and unbelief. Sometimes it's saying, God, you know, you can't do this. I'm doubting that you can do this. I'm I'm blocking this vision. Sometimes it's disappointment. Sometimes you've been so disappointed that you're like, you know what? Forget it. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna set my heart up there again, God. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just back off of this dream because I haven't seen it come to pass in the in the past, and and I'm not gonna do it. I think about the woman in Second Kings four, and she uh, had served Elijah, and he wanted to give her a blessing because of everything that she had done for him. And she said, I don't need anything from you. I'm good. I have money. I just want to take care of you. And he said, No. He said, I want uh, the Lord wants to give you a son. This time next year, you're gonna have a son. And do you know what her response was? Elijah was trying to give her a vision for what the next year would look like. He was trying to show her. And she rejected it out of past disappointment. She said, oh, no, no, no. Don't toy with me. Don't kid me. Meaning that, that she had believed at some point God to do that in her life, and, and it didn't come to pass. So it shut her down. It shut her faith down. It shut her vision down. It blocked her vision of what God wanted to do in her life. Don't let disappointment kill a dream. Don't let disappointment kill a vision that God wants to do. Believe him for it. Again, stay in faith. If he said it, he's carefully watching over that word to bring it to pass in your life. The Bible says, even if it tarries, wait for it because it'll come to pass. Come to pass. Some of us are afraid, so we let fear block our vision of, of what we want God to do. You know, I think about the, the parable of the servants, and it says the, the last one gave the excuse that he was afraid. He was af- afraid to, to walk in everything that God had for him. You know, fear is not an excuse because, you know, sometimes you just have to do what God has called you to do, afraid. You have to step out in faith, that you have to say, you know what, I'm ignoring every natural inclination that this is scary, that I'm not adequate, every lie that I can't do this, and I'm trusting you, God. Fear is not an excuse when it comes to our divine assignment and getting a vision for our lives. You know, everything that God says, he is enough, he's sufficient to accomplish everything that he has, even if you're like, you have no idea what my bank account looks like. Well, first comes the vision, and then comes the provision. First comes receiving what God wants, and then once you receive it, faith is attracted to it, and everything that we need is there. We want to do opposite. We want to see everything, and then we want to say, okay, yeah, now I can see how this could happen. I received this vision for my life. Now I, I, can, I can believe you want to do these things in my 2022 because you just gave me $20,000, so we're good to go. No, first comes the vision, and then everything else is attracted to your faith. You have to receive it in your spirit, and then everything comes to you. You need to get the word how out of your vocabulary. H-O-W. How? How will suck the faith right out of you? We have to, you know, know how every T is crossed and how every I is dotted. We have to know all of these things. And God is saying, stop worrying about the how and start focusing on the who promised you it in the first place. You know, get your ducks in order. Think about who called you to that thing. Who, Who gave you that vision? Who gave you that gifting? Who gave you that desire? I'll worry about the how. You focus on the who. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted in those things. God, if God called you to it, he'll provide for it. You're anointed for everything. You're gifted. You're, you're well equipped for everything that God has called and purposed you for. Amen? Amen. Point number two is this. Grow your gift. Once you, once you discover and, and you start to understand what your gift is, grow your gift. Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which were prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It was years ago, I tell this story often on my birthday, and I was like, Lord, what is it that you have for this year? And don't we all do this either on a birthday or January 1st? We want this like brand new plan. 
We want a, a shinier plan. We want a different plan for our lives. And, and as if God's all of a sudden going to take me on a completely different course. No. He said, Joey, just start walking in the plan I already gave you. Just start walking. That, that, those things you perceive that God wants to do, there's a point where you have to start walking in them. Yeah. There's a point where you have to have action to what you're believing. That your faith at some point has action steps to it. I, I like to think that our faith is like motion activated. That some of the doors in our life that we're waiting for God to open, God's actually waiting for us to start moving. That just like in a grocery store, the motion activated doors, I could stand there all day uh, and, and, and wait for it to open. But it's not until I take the first step that those things open before me. That's how it is in walking in the divine assignment that God has upon your life. That there's going to be some steps of faith that you just have to start moving in. The Bible says, don't despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices when the work begins. You know, you might be afraid to do it. You might think, oh, if I, if I step out in this business, if I do this or that, you know, I'm going to fail at it. No, no. You start, and, and God will take care of the rest. You might suck at it at first. You might be really bad at it at first, but if you're just waiting for someone to call you and be like, hey, I have this multi-million dollar business. Could you just take over it? Or, or uh, you know, uh, Joyce Meyer, uh, she has a little cold. She has the sniffles. Joey, would you mind coming and taking the pulpit for her? You know, if you're waiting on these opportunities, you're going to keep waiting. Stop waiting and start moving. Start, start developing and growing the gift. Start, uh, you know, applying your faith to it. Start having action. I think about uh, in Mark, there's a story, and, and these friends were taking their paralytic friend uh, to see Jesus, and they had to go up on the roof and open the roof and drop him in, and it said Jesus saw their faith. Jesus sees our faith through our action steps. He sees us expressing that and saying, you know what, I, I'm believing that this is what you're doing in me. It's so much so, I could see it so clearly that I'm actually going to start moving in those things. And let me just say this, divine assignment, whatever God has purposed and called you to, like we said before, it's unique to you. It might not be starting a business. It might not be uh, going into ministry. It could, whatever God has called you to, just start moving in it with clarity uh, and giving yourself permission to thrive in it. Maybe that's staying at home with your kids. That is what you're called to do. If that is what you're called to do, then when you stand before Jesus and you've raised those kids and they serve the Lord, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So, so don't put pressure on yourselves. Just thrive and give yourself permission to start making progress in the areas that God has called you to. Grow your gift. Walk in faith. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Uh, studies have shown that one of the number one reasons people don't move forward in what God has called them to, it's called the paralysis of analysis, that, that we have to see the picture completely laid out. We have to know that every step that we take, we're not going to stumble, we're not going to fall. Uh, we have to be completely sure of it. And I think about, you know, how God actually progresses us. And I could be sitting in the Target parking lot, which I usually am. You could find me there probably seven days of the week. And uh, in my car, and it could be nighttime, and I could need to get home. And, you know, I, I could say, well, if I could just see my house, then I would start moving uh, towards it. Then I could start moving. Well, I would be stuck in the parking lot because I can't see my house from the Target parking lot. But if I turn on my headlights and start to move just a little bit, the path before me is illuminated, and I know how much, which direction to go towards my house. Well, the word of God is what? A lamp unto our feet. 
And, and so whenever we start to get into God's word, whenever we start to listen to his voice, whenever we start to move, we start moving in the direction towards that which he's called us to do. And it might not be the end direction. You know, that stop sign you might have to take a right to, but as long as it's illuminated in the right direction, it's going to get you to the destination that you want to go to. But if you just stay there waiting, 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 you have to start walking in the illumination that God has given you. And even if it's not the final destination, it's going to lead you to the next right thing. Some of you are waiting to cross over destiny and God's saying, just do the next right thing. The next instruction of obedience I've given you. Down to the detail, the assignment, the next right thing, just start walking in it. And whenever you do the next right thing, you're going to eventually get to your destination. And the Bible says that the, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. It, it, you, you, it's a safe place to start moving out in faith and obtaining that which God has called you to. Uh, Philippians 2.13 says this, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. But I want you to hear the amplified version. It says, for it is not your own strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose in his good plan. God's working in you to give you the longing and the ability to do what pleases him. And so we just have to take the step. We have to step out in it. We have to start that podcast. We have to start that business. We have to uh, be obedient and maybe step back from our job and stay home with our babies. Whatever your divine assignment is, just give it some movement this year. Just start growing in it. Just start saying, God, I'm going to do what you have called me to do. And, you know, some of that is through uh, what I like to call goal setting. Goal setting is putting feet to our faith. A lot of times we hear words like, vision casting and goal setting and dream boards and we're like la, 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 la. that's all business oriented no it's faith oriented yeah. it is setting yourself up and saying god i am serious about my divine assignment i'm serious about that which you've called me to in so much so of a way that i'm actually setting myself up for success i'm putting feet to my faith i'm taking action to the desires that are in my heart and and so really taking some time and, and doing some goal setting for time's sake. I'm not going to get into it, but there's some simple ways. We're going to upload a PDF to championcenter.com that you can sit down, sit down with, by yourself with the Lord, and then sit down with your family and, and make some goals this year. It's a smart acrostic, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound that really break uh, what you want to do for the Lord down to very practical action steps what it does is it takes that big dream that we have and it remo removes the paralysis of analysis of how am I going to get from where I am clear over there to where I believe God wants me to be and you know what it does those goals are like baby steps in the right direction it's illumination it's action steps that you could start taking in your life so download that uh, read up on smart goal setting be very specific with it though God, your God is a very specific God and so whenever you set your faith in that way he will answer you in very specific ways so make sure you do that and then develop a growth plan develop a plan for growth if you don't make a plan you're planning to fail so that means this you know make sure you're spending time with the Lord every day make sure you're learning and growing in your faith and your craft and that which God has called you to do maybe you just want to be a better parent get in some books on parenting grow in that area be very intentional about it 
Jesus said, I was down to the last assignment, God, that you gave me. I completed it. Very intentional about that which God has called you to do. And then declare it and visit it daily. Make sure you speak over those goals. Make sure you have them in front of you daily. Talk about them in the present tense. I, someone just recently said this, and I loved it. Hebrews 11, 1, it talks about faith. And it says, now faith is the confidence and that which you're believing God to happen. And so, you know, it's now faith. Right now, I'm believing God for it. So I'm going to declare it as if it's already done. I'm going to thank him as if it's already done in my life this year. It's not just leadership. It's not just business. It's faith attached to these things out of the principles of God, God's word that brings forth breakthrough in your 2022. And lastly, today, it's this. Keep working your gift. This is, in my opinion, one of the greatest things that you can do this year. Because right now you might feel energized. Right now you might be like, yeah, I'm killing my goals. I'm up at 5 in the morning. This is fun. I'm eating healthy. But in a couple months, you're going to hate it. It's going to get hard. You might have some adversity up against your dreams and your goals. You have to stay consistent. You have to commit to keep working your gift. Keep working that thing that God told you to do this year. Don't you give up on it. Don't you give up on it. We give up too easy. You need to adhere yourself to that which you see. You need to attach yourself to it. That means it's not an if. It's no, I'm doing that. I'm believing God. This is going to happen this year. You quit in your mind before you quit anywhere else. So if you give yourself an out, then, then you're going to quit. But if you say, no, I am resolved this year. If God spoke it, it's coming to pass. When you live your life that way, there's a different level of tenacity and faith that you tap into. There's a different level of, you know, that you're unwavering in your faith to see that thing come to pass. Two words that will change your life. Consistency and perseverance. Galatians 6, 9 talks about it. Don't grow weary in doing good. For if you faint not, you'll reap a harvest. You know, seeing the things God wants to do in your life, the things that you perceive, it's going to take a little bit of perseverance, some consistency, doing the right thing over and over and over again. It's, it's actually a principle that the small things that you do daily yield the biggest results. The problem is doing the small things daily because they're not so fun. We want the big results, but we don't want to do the little things. And it's a compounding effect. And God's like, you know what? I know it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere, but you keep sowing in faith. You keep giving your tithe and offering. You keep doing it. When the enemy tells you this isn't working, when, when your parents tell you, why are you giving that much money to the church? You know, say, no, I know what God's word said. I'm resolved for financial breakthrough. This is the amount of money down to the penny I'm believing God for, and I'm going to keep sowing. When the enemy's telling you, you know, you're not growing in the things of God. You just yell to your kid, you're horrible uh, to your wife, whatever that is. You, you say, shut up. I'm going to keep getting my before the Lord every day in the word, my face before the Lord, believing him for a breakthrough in my family. And I don't care what it looks like. I'm not quitting on this thing. And when you make that decision, you see breakthrough in your life. You know, I like to say it like this. All you have to do is to know the right things to do out of God's word, what he's told you, and then keep showing up. Keep showing up. Don't quit on God. He will never quit on you. Don't quit on him. 
keep showing up. If you show, keep showing up, I like to say it like this, you're going to grow up. Colossians talks about it. You're going to become the person that he's created you to become. James talks about it. Through every adversity that comes against you, there's a maturity that comes through it. When you're persistent and consistent, you're going to mature. Immature Christians quit. They say, it's not working. It's too hard. It's not shiny anymore. I quit. I want to go on to something else, God. Mature Christians keep showing up. They grow up. And then you're going to glow up. G-L-O-W. You're going to get really good at that which God has, has called you to do. Whether it's becoming a better cook for your family, whether it is stewarding your finances better, whether it is starting that business, going into ministry, preaching the gospel, whatever it is, if you keep doing it, you're working your gift and you're going to get better at it. And you're saying, God, I'm taking this thing seriously. I'm taking it seriously and you're going to glow up. And the last is this. Eventually, you're going to blow up. You're going to reap a harvest. The Bible says it's impossible, impossible to mock God in that way. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Stay consistent. Be persistent in that which God has called you to do. Amen? Understand the assignment. Stand to your feet in this place. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Joey Miller podcast today. I pray you were blessed by God's word. I pray that the Holy Spirit was speaking to you and ministering to you, that his grace is empowering you to be everything that you're called to be. Well, until next time, I'll see you on the Joey Miller podcast.